0: Hi, everyone. Natalie Dale here. If you're new, welcome. If you're not new, welcome back. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Ahead of the Curve. It's a podcast series produced by the Georgia Department of Transportation, where we spotlight the amazing people, programs, and projects that help make our state's transportation network Ahead of the Curve. The Georgia Department of Transportation's mission as the organization in charge of developing and maintaining all state and federal roadways in the state of Georgia is to deliver a transportation system focused on innovation, as always, safety, sustainability, and mobility. Our vision is to boost Georgia's competitiveness via leadership in transportation. This includes all components of the projects and programs this department works on, from pedestrian and intermodal projects, to express lanes interchange reconstruction projects and everything in between as part of our many obligations to the citizens of georgia we are committed to environmental quality in 2021 congress passed the infrastructure investment and jobs act or iija commonly referred to also as the bipartisan infrastructure law or bill establishing the carbon reduction program which provides funds for projects designed to reduce transportation emissions, defined as carbon dioxide, CO2, emissions from our on-road highway sources. I am not an expert in this, so we're gonna be joined by a lot of people who are. We've got a great panel of guests today to talk about how Georgia DOT is strategizing and developing our carbon reduction strategy in line with the Federal Highway Administration's guidelines. Stick around, this is going to be a highly educational episode and one you don't wanna miss. So stay with us. Litter and trash along Georgia's highways and scenic byways mar the beauty of our great state. The Georgia Department of Transportation spends more than 10 million of your tax dollars in labor and equipment costs to pick up litter from state roadways. It doesn't have to be that way. Help preserve the diverse beauty of our great state. Join the fight against litter by throwing away trash responsibly and encouraging others to do the same. Remember, we don't litter here, and we're making that known. Visit keepgaclean.com to learn more. Spread the word, and let's keep it clean, Georgia. This message was brought to you by the Georgia Department of Transportation. Welcome back. Today, I'm joined in studio by three subject matter experts who are working together to research and develop GDOT's carbon reduction strategy, which we will refer to moving forward as the CRS, so I don't have to continue to say that over and over. Please join me and welcome GDOT's Assistant State Transportation Planning Administrator, Hopti Casa, Transportation Planner with Modern Mobility Partners, Candace Foster, and Senior Air Quality Consultant with ICF International, Seth Hartley. Hopti, Candace, Seth... Thanks for joining me because I'm gonna need y'all to get me through this one. Uh, it's such an interesting topic we wanna educate people about. But y'all are gonna be educating me a lot as we move on. So I'm glad y'all are here. I, I wanna give y'all a chance to introduce yourself, sort of the get to know you part. So Hapti, since you are our,
1: our GDOT expert here, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Natalie. Uh, I'm Hopti Casa. Uh I'm Assistant Officer for Strategic Planning and Technical Services. Uh, I've been with the department for the past 16 and a half years, and I I, I love what I do. Um, And uh, every day is a challenge, and I love that. Um, In my role, I manage the development and maintenance of the Georgia statewide travel demand model and 14 MPO models, original models. I oversee the congestion mitigation and air quality program improvement program as well, and I also manage the department's design traffic forecast uh, program. And it's so also currently I manage the carbon reduction strategy. Uh, we set and Candace here with us, and also manage the Protect program uh, with other you know GDOT employees.
0: Well, we're glad to have you here. Candace comes from across the street, at the fabulous Georgia Tech grad. We we lo- I love when I love when Georgia Tech people are here because. It's very humbling, your bra- the brains that you bring to this table. So tell us a little bit about
2: yourself. Um, thanks, Natalie, so much. Um, so I am Candace Foster. I did my uh, grad school at Georgia Tech. I did a master's of city and regional planning. And after that, I joined Modern Mobility Partners. And Modern Mobility Partners is a local Atlanta-based transportation planning and engineering firm. We've worked a lot with GDOT. We worked with them several times, including with the GSTDM that Hopton mentioned, uh, the Georgia Statewide Travel Demand Model, which kind of looks at what the traffic will be in the future. We also looked at the Rural and Human Services Transit Plan, and that looked at rural transit and how people get around in rural areas. And we also worked on several grants, such as the uh, Protect Resiliency Grant, which looks at um, how do we uh, mitigate flooding and storms and uh, protect ourselves, honestly, (laughs) from all the uh, stormwater
0: very important stuff seth your last but not least
2: okay thanks for the
3: really warm introduction i appreciate that Uh, my name is seth hartley and as you said i'm a senior air quality consultant with the firm icf Um, i've been with icf for about 20 years working on air quality climate and public health impacts of transportation so i consult mostly with state and federal government clients on ways to reduce the negative impacts of the way that we move people and goods around the world And I'm really excited to have this opportunity to help GDOT establish its first carbon reduction strategy. Uh, If I could say a little bit about ICF, so we're a 9,000 person, Virginia-based global consulting firm that provides a full range of program management, analytics, technology, and engagement services to help our clients build a more prosperous and resilient world for all. I'm happy
0: to be here. 20 years, nothing has changed in the environment. <laughs> nothing has changed in the industry in 20 years, has it? Nothing. Right, nothing at all. <laughs> I can't even imagine the evolution that you've seen in 20 years, and I'm sure we'll learn more about it. Uh, but let's dive into this again, because it is a, it's a complex topic, it's a deep topic, and it's certainly not something that all of our listeners probably know about, so we wanna get as much information in this episode as possible. So I talked a little bit about the origin of CRS, GDOT is working on in the introduction of the episode but let's talk with our listeners a little more about the creation of the carbon reduction program via congress and how GDOT is taking that guidance and applying it to Georgia's carbon reduction strategy how are the two different and and how is that working
1: great question thanks Natalie for asking that question so as you said the carbon reduction program uh, established by the bipartisan infrastructure law uh, provides funds for projects designed to reduce transportation emissions. Uh, the carbon reduction program is uh, a document being developed by state duties, uh, and it emphasizes consultation with MPOs to develop various strategies and projects to support the reduction of transportation emissions. The carbon reduction strategy is being developed to align with programs like the congestion mitigation and air quality program, or as known as CIMAC, Statewide Transportation Plan, and with the governor came Statewide Strategic Goals. Uh, The goals that will be consistent with the carbon reduction strategy are make Georgia number one for small businesses, uh, reform state governments, strengthen rural Georgia, put Georgians first. Through an emphasis on catalytic investment and innovation, GDOT intends to improve statewide freight and logistics, advance mobility for people in metro Atlanta and increase access to jobs, goods, and services for emerging metros and rural Georgia. Something that is related to that, I just want to mention that in his inaugural address, Governor Kemp noted that by the end of his second term, Georgia will be recognized as the electric mobility capital of America. And we're seeing that. Uh, To this end, the Georgia Department of Economic Development has created the Electric Mobility and Innovation Alliance, which includes partners both from private and the public sectors, with a single mission of advancing Georgia's role in developing the electric mobility industry and its supply chain. This is huge. The most important factor to reducing transportation emission is to have more electric vehicles in our fleet mix in Georgia. So I just want to highlight that.
0: And so, Seth, the carbon reduction strategy is required to be developed as part of the carbon reduction program. Talk to us about that.
3: Yeah, that's exactly right. So um, there are a lot of acronyms floating around, but I think the two that we want to hang on First is the carbon reduction program. We call that the CRP. That's the federal program that's designed to reduce transportation emissions through the development of state carbon reduction strategies and to fund projects that are designed to reduce transportation emissions. So that's the federal level. Then at the state level, you have the carbon reduction strategies, the CRS. That's really where each of the states is developing their own strategies to reduce these emissions and um, other priorities for the state. The goal is to make sure that the states are developing strategies that are consistent with the context of the states themselves, but also meet the objectives of the administration's building a better America framework. So that includes things like improving safety for all road users, um, enhancing travel alternatives, decreasing congestion, improving accessibility for those with disabilities, and other strategies that can reduce transportation emissions. So it has a requirement that all states develop this carbon reduction strategy, or CRS, and update it every four years. And it has to be done in consultation with what we're calling uh, MPOs, Metropolitan Planning Organizations. And Candace will tell us a lot more about that in a minute. But um, develop it in consultation with MPOs and other stakeholders. And so what we're doing here is developing Georgia's first transportation carbon reduction strategy. The document will contain existing conditions in Georgia, explain our outreach and consultation across the state, including with the Georgia's Environmental Protection Division, an overview of how strategies are organized and scored, the strategies themselves, and how Georgia is going to implement the strategy. Uh, I think it's important to note that the CRS is not going to promote or highlight any specific strategy. It's really designed to be a tool to help MPOs and GDOT um, guide where they can identify projects that can be used to receive CRP funding. Uh, The CRS also implements other GDOT programs and aligns with Georgia's uh, statewide strategic transportation plan, uh, Georgia commute options and other plans.
0: And when you talk about, you know, MPOs, Georgia is such a diverse state and our, our MPOs are so unique and diverse and I will launch in talking about that later, but, you know, you're developing a statewide strategy knowing that Georgia is so diverse as a state. From top to bottom, all the MPOs have their own needs, have their own citizens, but also Georgia as a whole has this goal. Um, but Everyone always wants to know about money. That's one of the biggest questions we get asked, dollar signs, dollar signs. So what is the amount of funding we are expecting from the carbon reduction program?
1: So the entire carbon reduction formula program, uh, the the, the national level is $6.4 billion. And then the state of Georgia uh, is also getting uh, $211 million uh, for five years, for FY22 to FY26. Uh, out of the total of $211 million, this money is distributed to several locations, they call it several location. Uh, the 65% of the total money for Georgia is distributed to areas in proportion to its share of the state's population, uh, which means 43% of the total funds goes to MPOs, the 16 Metropolitan Planning Organizations. Uh, 22% of the total money um, goes to areas less than 50000 uh, as we know, areas less than 50,000, they don't have transportation planning agencies that do transportation planning for them. And then 35% of that money goes to any area within the state. And so, in a sense, uh, GDAT will have 55% of the total amount of $211 in its disposal to do uh, projects and do uh, any projects and program to reduce transportation emissions as uh, it is required by law.
0: So we talk about the players so we've got CRP, which we know is federal and then we've got CRS, which is state uh, and then CMAC, the congestion mitigation and air quality improvement. Uh, that's been a part of our landscape for a while. So can you explain the difference between CMAC and how that's different from CRS just so we know all of the, ver- the all of the ways that we are working toward this strategy.
1: The congestion mitigation and air Quality Improvement program or CMAC, Uh, provides a fund source for state and local governments to fund transportation projects and programs to help meet the requirement of the Clean Air Act. Uh, CIMAC funds support state and local selected transportation projects that reduce mobile source emissions, which is different from the carbon reduction program. The kinds of projects that are eligible under the CIMAC are electric vehicles and charging stations, diesel engine replacements and retrofits, transit improvements, bicycle and pedestrian facilities, shared micromobility projects, including shared scooter systems, and more. CMAC does not target greenhouse gases. CIMAC focuses on six criteria pollutants that are designated by EPA, Environmental Protection Agency. And uh, the carbon, uh, those criteria pollutants are carbon monoxide, nitrogen dioxide, ozone, particulate matter, sulfur dioxide, and lead. Uh, the national ambient air quality standards um, attainment versus non-attainment areas. Uh, So uh, let me just talk a little bit about the history of Atlanta non-attainment area. Atlanta was first designated as non-attainment for the criteria pollutants, specifically with two of them, PM2 and particulate matter and ozone, uh, back in 1992. Uh, There were a total of 26 counties in Georgia that were designated as non-attainment for various pollutants and standards across three MPOs and individual counties. In 2018, uh, eight counties were designated as non-attainment for 2015 ozone standard. I know there is a lot of technical term here, uh, but um, in August 26, 2022, EPA published a federal register, notice, uh, uh, a proposed rulemaking to um, redesignate the Atlanta region which is the seven counties that I just talked about, from non-attainment to attainment for the 2015 eight-hour ozone standard, which is the most stringent standard that EPA put together. In the Federal Register, EPA mentioned that the recent air quality data for the Atlanta area does not indicate unusually favorable weather conditions for lower ozone concentrations and is consistent with Georgia's conclusions that the air quality improvement in the area is due to permanent and enforceable emissions reductions. I would like to recognize the Atlanta Regional Commission for working together with GDOT on the battle to reduce emissions and making the air cleaner for our citizens.
0: Candace, I wanna talk to you about what is involved in the planning of the CRS. Uh, Talk us through that process.
2: Yeah, Natalie, we have a project team. Of course, it consists of GDOT, um, ICF and MMP, the consultants. And for the federal guidance, the federal guidance specifically says that the strategy must be developed in coordination with the state MPOs or Metropolitan Planning Organizations. And we'll go into that in a second. But we also um, establish an advisory committee of technical experts. And this advisory committee um, will advise the project team. They're providing us data and technical expertise, and they're helping guide the CRS, and they're focusing on the overall state framework. So we will meet with the Advisory Committee three times during the course of the project, and we already met with them twice. And these members were selected in consultation with GDOT and the project team. So members include the Offices of GDOT Construction, Program Delivery, Intermodal, Materials and Testing, Environmental Services, and the Office of Performance-Based Management and Research. Other state programs with members in the Advisory Committee include the Georgia Environmental Protection Division, the Department of Economic Development, the Regional Transportation Authority, and the Georgia Bike Ped Coordinator. We've also included organizations like Clean Cities Georgia, uh, educational institutions like Georgia Tech, uh, the Georgia Association for MPOs, GAMPO, their president, the FHWA Georgia Division, and the EPA Region 4. To say that this group is
0: stacked with some of the best and the brightest minds and people dedicated to... Uh, To this process, I think would be an understatement when you lay out everyone who has been involved, whether it's at the department level, outside the department, um, a a lot is going into this. There is a lot of a lot of great stakeholders involved and invested in this process. And one of those you talk about are the MPOs, and they are really sort of vital to this process. Um, But in case our listeners don't know, we've mentioned it a lot. What is an MPO and why is it important for them to be involved in the CRS development?
2: So an MPO or a Metropolitan Planning Organization is an organization that um, provides local officials and residents input into the planning process and the implementation of transportation projects funded with uh, federal transportation dollars for a metropolitan area. So these are areas over 50,000 people. So the job of an MPO is to develop a regional transportation vision and they direct the planning, they allocate federal funds and they engage the public and other stakeholders in the transportation planning process. So there are 16 MPOs in the state of Georgia. I'm not going to list them all, um, but there are 15 all within the state. And then there's one, uh, the Chattanooga MPO that, you know, crosses the Tennessee border. So if you live in a large city, you live in a, probably live in an MPO. And you can see the map of all MPOs and the links to their website at the GAMPO website, um, which is gampo.org. As you mentioned previously, federal transportation dollars like CRP funds flow to these MPOs. And then these MPOs help determine what projects are funded within their MPO. So it is really important to get the MPOs involved in the CRS process to ensure that CRS meets the MPO needs and each MPO is different. And that's why we met individually with each MPO um, earlier in this year to introduce them to to the CRS. And we also intended the first GAMPO meeting of the year. And then we intend to also meet with each MPO again, uh, individually for a second time, as well as attend the second GAMPO meeting later this year to get feedback on our process, no, so far.
0: And we touched on the diversity of Georgia just for its communities. We have large cities. We also have rural areas. Georgia is a very rural state. Uh, So because we've talked about the larger metropolitan regions, the larger MPOs, uh, how are the rural areas that make up the rest of the state uh, part of this process?
2: Yeah, we really don't want to forget our rural areas and we're coordinating with the regional commissions via email Um, we have a public webpage that we're developing. We have a voiceover presentation on that webpage that gives you an outline of the CRS and we also developed a one-pager in English and Spanish for the regional commissions to um, uh, print out and distribute as they want. So everyone lives in the bounds of a regional commission, but not everybody lives in the MPO. So the entire state of Georgia are covered by regional commissions. There are 12 in Georgia and you can also find out what regional commission you live in at the gamepo website at gampo.org and I'm sure Natalie will put that in the uh, show notes. We'll put those
0: in the show notes.
2: So we've got we we've got
0: our we've got our issue, we've got our funding, we've got all the Georgians involved. What is the, what is the strategy, Seth? Where where are we at?
3: As we said, we're thinking about strategies that are both consistent with federal guidance and that are also going to improve the quality of life for Georgians. So we've decided to organize our strategies into three general buckets because there's so many strategies that can be considered. So those three buckets are operational efficiency improvement, alternative technologies and modes, and sustainable infrastructure. The first one, operational efficiency, is really how GDOT and MPOs plan and manage road operation and flow. The second, alternative technology and modes are a set of uh, strategies that look at commuter choice. That includes things like what kind of vehicle you drive, what kind of fuel you buy, and how you move around. That could include things like biking, walking, or taking the bus, for example. And then the third is sustainable infrastructure. And what we mean by that is looking at the types of materials that are used in construction, maintenance, and operation of the facilities that GDOT builds and maintains. That could include things like steel and pavement, but it can also include things like using native plants along highways, so that could require less maintenance. S- these strategies already fit with several strategies that are in place in Georgia, and I'll let Hate talk about Georgia Commute Options as one example.
1: Thank you, thank you, Seth. Uh, so Georgia Commute Options uh, is uh, a program that's funded by CMAC Congestion Mitigation and Air Quality Program um, so, uh, currently, this program is being managed by Atlanta Regional Commission. Up until 2017, uh, the program was uh, managed here in Gdat Office of Planning. In 2017, the program was moved to Atlanta Regional Commission to manage the day-to-day operation, uh, and uh, the, uh, this is coming out of the CMAC program again, and it is basically transportation demand management uh, program. Uh, it's a behavioral change. Uh, 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 kind of uh, uh, encouraging, you know, commuters to use bikes, transits, uh, what have you, uh, and so uh, that that's basically a very successful program. Uh, currently, the Georgia Commuter Options uh, has eight hundred thirty employers, uh, one hundred forty-five property managers, and uh, sixty-one community improvement districts, uh, 38 chambers of commerce. And then six transportation management associations or TMS, so they are kind of you know uh, working together with these uh, entities. And also, uh, I want I want to point out that the Georgia Committee Options uh, is uh, a national leader in transportation management, in transportation demand management, and uh, it has uh, received numerous awards for um, nationally. So the most recent uh, the most recent uh, awards that it got from the Association for Commuter Transportation is uh, uh, excellence in research. Uh, Gold Davie Award, um, best community building and engagement for social content, uh, community building and engagement, uh, transportation behavior change, and also silver Davy Award for content and marketing, social good, uh, air quality awareness. It's directly related to the carbon reduction uh, strategies that we're talking about. So um, um, we're very fortunate that the Atlanta Regional Commission uh, is really uh, working very hard uh, to make the program successful and become a national leader uh, in terms of you know, transportation demand management.
0: At, at GDOT, we are real big on metrics. Every project has a goal, whether that's increased safety, move congestion, reduce congestion, reduce emissions. So every goal has a metric to measure success. How are we measuring success? What kind of metrics are we using have been developed for this?
3: So just is great, a really good example of how the strategies that we're putting in the CRS align with the strategies that Georgia is already implementing under other programs. Um, it's important to note that what we're developing here is a document that MPOs, GDOT, cities, and others can go to to see what kind of strategies are available for funding under the CRS. And then they can build their projects around those strategies. So when a user like an MPO or GDOT goes to this document, they'll first go to the type of bucket that they're interested in. Bucket meaning those three groups of strategies that I talked about earlier. And in each of those buckets, they'll see a long list of strategies that are evaluated against a set of criteria. Um, When I say evaluated, I want to emphasize that we're not trying to promote or push any particular strategy. It's really, A qualitative evaluation of the types of strategy against a range of metrics that could be of importance to somebody that is building a project. And those metrics include things like safety, equity, mobility, resilience. What I mean by resilience is basically building things stronger. Um, Maybe Habte, do you want to say a little bit about the PROTECT program and how that can match with the resilience criteria?
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Sid. So resilience, let's define what resilience is to begin with before we jump into the PROTECT program. Uh, I'm going to use the federal highway's definition of what resilience is. Resilience is an ability to anticipate, prepare for, and adapt to changing conditions, and withstand, respond to, and recover rapidly. This is the definition of resilience. So talking about resilience, there is one of the the new programs that came out of the IAJA, the bill is uh, the protect program the purpose of the program or the protect program is to provide funds for resilience improvements through formula funding distributed to states uh, comparative planning grants to enable communities to uh, assess vulnerabilities to current and future weather events and natural disasters and changing conditions including sea level rise and plant transportation improvements and emergency response strategies to address those vulnerabilities. And competitive resilience improvement grants to protect surface transportation assets, communities through resilience improvements, coastal infrastructure, natural infrastructure that protects and enhances surface transportation assets, and more. And so that is basically the purpose of the the PROTECT program. And we are very fortunate that we are using the PROTECT funds to uh, do just that.
3: Perfect. So you can kind of see how we can interweave these various programs to really meet Georgia's needs. Um, So continuing on with the evaluation criteria, we're also looking at what we call air quality co-benefits. And what I mean by that, just like we were talking about CMAQ earlier, the idea is if you move to cleaner fuels, you can, for example, reduce uh, carbon dioxide emissions and also reduce the air pollutant, the smog emissions that, um, you know, Plagues so many of our cities. Um, also, we're going to look at things like implementation factors. In other words, like is a project shovel ready or how realistic is the strategy for a quick timeline for implementation. Um, the potential for the strategy to reduce carbon emissions. Uh, the potential for the, prog- for the strategy to produce consumer savings. Also workforce development. What does this mean for developing the workforce in Georgia and whether they're eligible for funding under the CRP itself. And as we've said a couple of times, we need to make sure that this is uh, consistent with the geographical context. In other words, is it going to work better in a rural area or in an urban area? Um, as I said, we're not prioritizing any particular strategy. We're really just looking at here is a list of strategies, sort of like a menu, and a subjective evaluation of that strategy against this set of metrics. So uh, someone can go in and look at the bucket that they're interested in, find the strategy that they're interested in, and really sort through the strategies to try and pick the one that's going to meet their needs the best.
0: And where where are we at in
3: the process? What what kind of schedule are we looking at? So um, as we've said, we've had many meetings with MPOs and with the advisory committee. Um, We've met with the MPOs individually once so far and the advisory committee twice, Uh, Those meetings will continue as we work towards wrapping up the project. So currently we're in the documentation process. We are writing the document. Um, It is all on schedule. The document is due to Federal Highways Administration by November 15th, and it will be posted online for public viewing about 30 days before that.
2: All right, Natalie, I heard you really like roundabouts. I do. Okay. So one of the questions I got a lot at the MPO meetings were like, what sort of projects are eligible? And I got the roundabout question a lot so Seth I, I'm I'm just for record I'm glad that it is it is seeping through this building
0: my love for roundabouts I just we're gonna I it's it's become a passion of mine so so I'm excited to hear how a roundabout is involved in this topic
3: <laughs> okay so I believe that would fit into the operational efficiency improvements bucket and I believe that would be eligible the Point is to be eligible. There are many criteria that FHWA illustrates, but mostly what they're looking at is the reduction of carbon emissions over the lifetime of a project. And I think there have been demonstrations that roundabouts do redu- reduce congestion, reduce traffic, increase safety, increase safety. Oh, great. You know, um, keep speeds up. And all of that would reduce carbon emissions compared to an alternative. So I think you're in luck.
0: I love a roundabout and, and so does so does this program. Loves a roundabout. It, yes, so many benefits for a roundabout. Um, roundabouts to me seem simple. To to some listeners probably not, but this topic is obviously very complex in nature. And so we are so glad that y'all were here today to to bring your wisdom and your, your expertise on this so that Georgians and, and anyone outside of Georgia who listens to this, because again, we talked about this is something every state is having to do. Um, Georgia's just doing it as we do in our in our Georgia way to to establish uh, a strategy for Georgians, for our big communities, for our small communities, um, in line with federal highway administration's guidelines. Um, and so this is helpful and educational. I, I look forward to seeing what happens. So Hobti, Seth, and Candace, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. Thank you Thank for you. the opportunity. If you're interested in learning more about Georgia's carbon reduction strategy, the Congestion, Mitigation, and Air Quality Improvement Program, Georgia's MPOs, or the regional commissions, we will include all those links in the show notes. It's a lot. We know we covered a lot of ground today. If you have an idea for an upcoming episode or you have a question, please reach out to us at dot.ga.gov. Again, that's AOTC at dot.ga.gov. I'm Natalie Dale. I'm your host, and thank you so much for joining us. Join us next time as we continue to spotlight the amazing people, programs, and projects that make Georgia DOT ahead of the curve.